Good afternoon, Take Action Canada fans. I am George Roach, and I am one of your hosts this afternoon, along with my great friend and colleague, Doug McKenty from The Shift Now, down in LA, California. We are welcoming a couple of Canada postal workers this afternoon who have some stories that I'm sure many of you can relate to. I've received many messages and phone calls from different people around the country who do work for Canada Post, and I think it's time that we just start telling the truth. I know it's hard sometimes because we want to keep our jobs and defend the monetary value of our lives. However, that is not what is under attack. Currently, what's under attack is our way of life. And under the umbrella of our way of life exists all the other things, your jobs, your cars, your boats, your houses. But we're not protecting any of those. We're not protecting the material world. We're protecting the citizens who keep our country safe, who raise our children, who teach and lead people into much safer ways of living and loving. And right now, we know that our country is at war with an invisible enemy who continues to get into everything that we want to do. And right now, everyone's freedoms are stifled as a result. So when we say tell the truth, we want to delve into the facts and we want to separate those from the fiction because we're getting a lot of that. And when people are calling me and other people who are working in the legal world to protect our citizens, we are talking about receiving stories that are extremely hurtful. We have people who want to commit suicide. We have people who are leaving marriages, who are actually getting fired from their jobs because they're being expected to do things that is utterly illegal against our Charter of Rights and naturally the Nuremberg Code, which is an international law. So let's get right to it. Doug, please say hello to everybody. Take Action Canada Land. Thanks, George, and thanks, everybody, for watching. Uh, and I want to thank Catherine and Karen for coming on the show today. I know it takes a lot of bravery to show your faces. I think there's so many people in Canada and throughout North America, actually, that are in your same shoes. Uh, maybe they're uh, hesitant about taking the vaccine. Maybe they don't want to have to wear a mask for eight hours a day because they're concerned about oxygen levels. Uh, and they know that they have individual rights, that we have human rights, that we're sovereign beings, that we deserve to make healthcare decisions for ourselves, like George said, with informed consent under the Nuremberg Code. Uh, and a lot of people are just going along to get along because it's so much easier. But uh, the two of you have decided to come uh, on, on the air with us today, show your faces and make it known how you feel. You've been working uh, for the Canadian Post Office uh, and we just want you to tell your stories, let people know how you're being treated and what's been going on. Uh, and then George can kind of explain how Take Action Canada is helping people like you uh, to get through to defend your rights uh, through the legal system. So, Catherine, do you want to start and just tell your particular story and why you decided to step up and come on the show today? All right. Um, bear with me. I'm not good at this, but I've been a Canada Post worker for 23 years. I've been proud of, to work there. I love my job. I worked all through the pandemic from March, sorry about the background, <laughs> um, March to November, we were busy, I worked overtime hours, we didn't have to wear masks, the corporation was actually against it, they said they're not being mandated to wear them, so they weren't encouraging it, and everything went great, and then um, 
at the end of November, they decided that all of a sudden now we have to mandate masks. And I said, and they've known from the get-go, I can't stand to be around masks. They upset me. I don't mm -hmm. like seeing people wearing them. I know that they cause problems with breathing and everything else that goes along with it. Um, so I, they said, well, we can't accommodate you in any way. And they said, you can take it up with um, short-term disability, your medical insurance. So I applied for the short-term disability. I got denied because they said, first of all, they, I had to go get my doctor to write a note and that wasn't enough. So I went back to the doctor, which you have to wear a mask to go see a doctor and I couldn't. So it was stressful in itself. I had panic attacks in the doctor's offices both times. I had a buff. I couldn't wear an actual mask. And um, anyway, they ended up denying my appeal. So I went to the union and they were, they wouldn't, well, they, they, um, they wouldn't even take it to the final appeal because they said, that the, the corporation wouldn't accommodate me either and they needed to see a more detailed treatment plan and the doctor and I had discussed different things about I mean they knew I was I didn't need medication I just needed I have anxiety I don't like masks I can't wear one um anyway it wasn't enough for anybody so they would blame it on the corporation the corporation would blame it on the union the everyone anyway at the end of the day, my STD program was denied. I have to pay back anything they paid me. What is an STD program? Sorry, excuse me. What, mm -hmm. what? Short-term disability. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Anyway, they, um, they denied that. And um, where was I? Um, I had, they had even done up a COVID, I wrote it down here, um, a COVID-19 pandemic toolkit because they knew that the anxiety and stress that went along with this was all COVID and it was all new and nobody's dealt with it before. And states in that to give yourself time and space to heal. And the doctor agreed with that. And he said, you know, there's no drug I can give you. We'll just, you know, practice um, relaxation techniques, connect with people, do different things. And anyway, we had a list of things I could do to try to deal with the anxiety. But at the end of the day, the Canada Post and the union, neither one of them would back me up on anything. So mm -hmm. here I am, not working. And yeah. All right, sounds good. And uh, and Karen, I know uh, if you want to ad-lib something or you have something you wanted to read as well. Yeah, yeah, I just have kind of all of my thoughts here. So I'm a temporary on-call PO4, and I started working for Canada Post in 2018. When the pandemic started, our workload tripled about 40 hours a week. And I was very proud that, you know, that I could support people that wanted to buy online. I felt like these people were worried, and they were relying on a service to make them feel less vulnerable. And being able to help gave me a great feeling of accomplishment. We have a smaller depot and unfortunately have some pretty major issues with bullying. Um, they mm. were never addressed. COVID intensified the bullying at work. Coworkers were using masks as a way to alienate and attack others. It was so bad that we were threatened that police had been called and will be called again. This caused me to have extreme anxiety and I was really struggling. 
I was honest from day one with the corporation and the union that due to my disability, I could not wear a mask. End of November 2020, I was told either I wear a mask or I'm no longer allowed on Canada Post property, which also included my local post office. I was required to get a doctor's note, which since I have no doctor has been a huge struggle. The union has turned their back on me and I have been threatened that I will lose my job. And I believe by November 2021, I will be terminated. Well, this is extremely frustrating, and I can only imagine uh, how many other workers, not just at the post office, but in lots of other positions are, are in your shoes, so where they're not getting the help that they need, they're not getting proper uh, representation by the union, uh, a lot of their co-workers are just going along, getting along, uh, and they don't respect your positions, and... Um, so just again, how extremely uh, difficult to be in that situation, how extremely anxiety inducing. And, uh, and so I really applaud the, the bravery that you have to come on the program and to work with Take Action Canada and to work with George. So George, what are you doing to help these ladies in terms of your work as legal liaison uh, with Take Action Canada? Well, actually, as uh, most people know in our Facebook groups, we are defending against the threats uh, that have been made to workers. M much of this is in writing. Th this is no longer controversial. It's not just Canada mm -hmm. Post that we're standing up for and taking action for. It's all kinds of corporations who are now telling their employees in some manip manipulative or coercive way that if you don't get the job, you don't work. You go home without pay or take a sick leave. Go ahead and take a sick leave. Well, the employee says, I'm not sick. So now we have people being expected to walk around as if they have Munchausen syndrome. I mean, this is insanity. So what we're doing is we are, first of all, teaching people what their rights are. We're sharing information with them from various sources because many people are afraid to speak out because of that feeling of uncertainty. They don't know what they could or couldn't lose. They don't know what is at risk or what isn't at risk. They can't really quantify what they can do to defend themselves because no one's ever been down this road before. This mm -hmm. is uncharted territory for people, uh, not just in Canada, but I would have to say in 70 languages around the world. However, Ontario seems to have the craziest of restrictions that we have right now that are certainly violating informed consent. We have doctors signing declarations. We have nurses who are doing protests at the CNO. We have the CPSO who are under fire right now for trying to silence our medical practitioners who have already been silenced enough, who are expected to not show any dissent toward the RONA the lockdowns and all the other things that are destroying people's lives mercilessly and much faster than COVID ever could or would. So I think that we've been distracted. So, so how are we, you know, mitigating those distractions? I think we've got to really educate people about what it is they need to know to make more informed decisions. And if you don't know those choices, it's very difficult. Mm -hmm. So right now we see a ton of people reaching out to the legal field for guidance. And there's also, you know, that has its own bit of confusion there too. But simply put, there is a thing called the Nuremberg Code, which is an international law, and every single human being internationally, including us, gets to rely on, on those principles. Informed consent 
is unerasable, undeniable. You cannot tell a person that they are not allowed to make a decision that's in their own best informed interests. But that's going on right now. And Canada Post is a place that is experiencing it quite widely. But once again, it's always that small group of people that feel the courage to step up and stand out and speak the truth and have the courage to do so. And it's those people that need to be defended legally because they have the guts and the self-discipline and the maturity and the willingness to tell the truth. So the rest of the country doesn't get to suffer. And let's just call them soldiers because millions of people fought and died to make the world safe for democracy. There was much bloodshed in 1776, uh, 1867, and 1912. People have not done their homework to learn about the history, and what causes people to step up is usually a deep sense of self-trust and understanding of their, of their own situations. That takes a significant amount of awakeness and definitely self-discipline, as I said, to be able to do. So, Karen, you and I have talked a couple of times. We spoke to uh, your boss out in Nova Scotia who wanted nothing to do with us, even though we were confronting your reality. Uh, naturally, when the truth nears these people, they head for the hills. They want out of it as quickly as possible. We get too close to those truths, and that becomes the new hate speech to them. They feel attacked and wrong, so they leave the conversation, because we know confronting is an act of telling the truth, those people aren't interested in being confronted. Why do you think that is? Because they know they're in the wrong. I was, he told me straight out, I'm just following orders. <laughs> he knows he's mm -hmm. in the wrong. And I know a lot of the issues with a lot of Canada Post employees as they have been told that they are not allowed to speak to the media. And they have the fear of God in them. <clears throat> did you guys sign anything to say that you can't speak to the media? They said we did. But I don't know. I don't I remember paperwork. No right. copies of any documentation to substantiate that you did sign something? I can look through what I have. But a lot of the stuff was online when I did it. So I don't even know if I can find it. But I can look. I believe, um, I'm pretty sure, but I'm not positive. But I'll, I'll, I'll check with our lawyers. But I'm pretty sure that a contract is not enacted until the, the signee has a copy of it. Like, you don't buy a house and not get, you know, a copy of your contract for purchase Which and sale. I, have. I do have a file, so I can go through the file right. and take a look. Okay. Well, somebody sent me some codes or something about the company. I didn't have time to review them, but if when we go to do this again, I'll, I'll definitely have myself a little more rehearsed. But, uh, uh, Doug, I just want to expand on one thing. Uh, folks, we at Take, An uh, uh, Take Action Canada, we do have a legal program. Don't hesitate to go online and check us out at takeactioncanada.ca and if you have any stories or if you can relate to the content of this interview don't hesitate to send us an email to rights at takeactioncanada.ca that's rights at takeactioncanada.ca and tell us your story because we must as citizens in this country uphold the rule of law very important so, and let's delve into uh, the two of you and your stories just a little bit more. Catherine, what prompted you to get in touch with George, and, and what was that process like for you? 
Well, I was frustrated with dealing with the uh, medical, with um, the union, with the corporation. Mm-hmm. It was, everyone was short with me. Everybody was just sort of saying, we understand you have anxiety, but, 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 like, we can't help you. We can't do anything for you. You have to either take drugs and put on a mask or suck it up. And I said, well, they said they would look at every situation individually. And in my case, I work by myself with, well, there's one other scheduled person with me sometimes if it's really busy they might bring in another but i'm in a 30 by 50 foot space i have my own entrance in and out i you know we worked all through the pandemic social distancing if someone was coming through the door that type of thing and anyway it was just um i couldn't understand why I would have to wear a mask while I was working. It's a physical job. I'm in a 30 by 50, roughly bigger, could be, you know, bigger Mm -hmm. type area. I'm not in close proximity with anybody. And so I didn't feel like they were giving me the opportunity. They weren't, they were blanketing the whole situation. They weren't looking at my specific work situation because for me, I could social distance if I had to. I wasn't working beside anyone at any given time. Anyway, nobody seemed to be interested in hearing that part. They just said, no, you have to wear a mask to enter the premises. We won't let you on the property. You can't work. And so then when I was shut down by the, um, like give them, gave them my medical, I couldn't, I can't wear a mask. I would love to come to work. I'd love to help you during this busy time because parcels were a big thing. I said, but I cannot wear a mask. And so they sent me to, um, that's where I started looking into the short-term disability program. Mm -hmm. And they said, no, that doesn't work. And then the union wouldn't help me. So anyway, when I found out, through my sister actually, that there was another postal worker not working because of this mask mandate. And it happened to be Karen. So I got the information from my sister, reached out to Karen. And it was just so comforting to have another voice, somebody that, you know, was willing to stand up because the people I worked with all said, what are we going to do when they mandate masks is I don't want to wear one. And I said, well, I can't wear one. And they, but everybody I know chose to just to suck it up and wear the mask. Right. And I can't, I said, I physically cannot. I can't, I go into an immediate panic attack. I can't breathe. It's a physical job. I can't do it. And nobody will take that seriously. They say, well, just, we don't like wearing them either, but we wear them and we just go about our business. And I'm like, but I can't actually do that. So I did talk to a therapist and he, you know, I went out and did that route for a couple of sessions. And, you know, he said that you're not wrong. Like, it's not like I'm broken. Right. (laughs) You know, this is something that potentially could hurt harm you so why do I want to learn to deal with that part of it when my chances of COVID or you know are one percent and my chance of developing something else because I'm wearing a mask and all the issues that go with that are so much greater so I don't know (laughs) right how frustrating yeah like I can I don't even I can't even go shopping because it I get 
I, I can't see people wearing masks. It makes me anxious, especially if there's a whole bunch of people around me wearing them. And mm -hmm. it's just like, uh, thank God I have a husband that's supportive and does most of the shopping and that type of stuff. But it's very difficult to deal with this um, situation, like mandating masks just to go out and do your normal business. And I just, um, I don't know, everybody seems to say, well, just suck it up and do it. And it's like, well, let's, uh, <clears throat> let's, uh, let's delve into some paper shall we, from Canada Post, Code of Conduct. And you guys will know this because you work there. So I'll read it. You tell me if they're sticking to their guns under 4.2. We do not tolerate violence, harassment, or bullying in the workplace, they write in their Code of Conduct. Mm -hmm. Harassment and discrimination are unacceptable in a workplace, where people respect each other and treat one another fairly. We are committed to ensuring that our employees, our contractors, and our customers come to work or visit our facilities in an environment free from violence, harassment, or bullying. That's what I got all these calls for. I can tell you from firsthand experience, mm -hmm. they're not living up to that. They're very about health and safety all the time. And I said, well, what about my health and safety? Because right. I can't wear a mask. And they, you know, but, you know, heaven forbid there's a piece of metal sticking out of something. I'm like, okay, well, we can fix that. But because they can't fix me, because they don't understand it, I don't know. Like, it doesn't seem... Well, is this a facade or what? I mean, I just read it. That's right from their code of conduct, 4.2, that in a respectful... You know, workplace, it's unacceptable, according to them. Uh, BS. Complete BS. I have um, bullying grievances, two of them, that I have had filed since June 2019, and I have what? never heard a word. And mm -hmm. COVID made, it just exasperated it. And they never, it just went up the line, and no one tells you anything about what's going on. Right. And was the bullying because it, you didn't, well, why don't you tell us uh, a little bit more then about your backstory as well, Karen, and how you got involved with George and, and, uh, and what, uh, what was it about the bullying? Was it because you were questioning the, the COVID policies and the lockdown policies in general? You didn't want to wear a mask. Why did the bullying amp up at that time? So, um, I met George, I think through the main page that he has on Facebook Mm -hmm. And then we started chatting. Um, it was pretty well the time when I was asked to leave. And I just, I wasn't sure what I could do because I am a temp. And honestly, the corporation and the union don't care about temps, even though we pay union dues and uh, work like no hours. But anyways, um, so I was, I just, I wanted to know what my rights were because I can't believe an organization so large could just push their employees out. And for me, I have to go on EI. They tried to say that I could go through the disability, but I don't pay into disability. So why would they have anything to do with me? Um, so I ended up going on EI, but HR tells EI that there's shortage of work. Well, there's no shortage of work in November. So one what? corporation just lies to the other. What's EI? Employment insurance. Okay. 
So uh, I'm in the U.S. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I was thinking that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so the the bullying was actually um, coworkers. That's what it started with. Um, oh. A coworker that wouldn't come near me. If I was working in a certain area and she had to come and get her work for her area, she would wait until I'd go on break. She would alienate me. She would trash talk me to other people. And I just got sick of it. I tried to confront her one time in front of my manager and she had a breakdown and cried and went into the bathroom and hung out with another manager who then started to bully me on the floor. Um, I complained about that and it went nowhere. And then once COVID hit, it just double down. So mm -hmm. people were, they tried the mask at the beginning and I told everyone at the beginning, I can't wear it. I, I can't have my face covered. I have trauma. As soon as my face is covered, I freak out. And I said, and I, I understand what Catherine's saying. It really, we were in town today and I'm not in town very often, but when I see all these people coming out with masks, I just, my anxiety starts to peak. Right. And Today, I see a child with a mask on, and I'm shaped, like in a carriage, and I'm like, what is yep. wrong with these people? You're outside, and it's like, I feel like a mother bear, and these are, like, you yes. just want to, you just, I don't know, you want to explain to these people, do they know what they're doing to their kids, and it's horrible. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, basically, from there, like I said, we had a meeting, and one of the, one of my coworkers said, I called the police yesterday. And if anybody isn't going to wear their mask, the police told me to call them back again today. And I turned to my manager. My entire body was physically, visibly shaking. Like mm -hmm. I was physically vibrating. And I looked at him and he said, come to the office when the meeting's over. When the meeting's over, I went and I said to him, I can't wear it. I don't know what to tell you. I can't wear it. And now she's phoning the cops. Then what? Right. And it just went from bad to worse. Until finally I was hauled into the office. I had a breakdown. I was like just shaking. I couldn't even face them. And then I just grabbed my stuff and I said, I'm leaving. And I left. And right. I actually I had to go into well, the break room in front of all my coworkers. And I looked like a complete ass. <clears throat> I'm crying. I'm shaking. I thought, like, why am I being subjected to this? I didn't do anything wrong. Well, you know, Karen, I, 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 I totally empathize with you. I, I think a lot of people, and I've heard this so many times, and I just heard you say it, when they respond or they react to, you know, these violations and the ill treatment that they're undergoing and experiencing, where in a place where they should be welcomed and, uh, as the code of conduct says, respected, mm -hmm. etc., they're actually being traumatized. Yeah. And when people say to me, and I, I hear this so many times, I'm so glad I remembered to clear this up. People say, I'm, I'm breaking down. And I know that these are hand-me-down words, folks. A lot of people have said them before. Actually, a person who's responding with their human emotions is actually not breaking down. They're functioning very well. As a matter of fact, the evidence of that is clear because we have two people here who have expressed emotionally what they're experiencing and many of you can relate to this you're not breaking down you're working you're actually functioning it's the people that aren't responding the way that you ladies are that are breaking down they're in fact they're broken down they're not here 
pretending like nothing show. is going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they are broken. I'm telling you, yeah. and I'm sorry to say that. We, uh, I, I mean, they're, they're desensitized, not, maybe. They, exactly. They, well, I don't know. I don't know about that. I think they're not desensitized anything. I think they're numbed. They're okay. numbed out. Yeah. Okay. And when and when we go, listen, trauma causes what's called instant numbing. You want to remove any of the impediments that are in the way of your agenda. You stay in the course, okay? But you're doing it at a lot of personal and, and actually real health expenses because this kind of conduct fosters depression, situational depression, mm -hmm. uh, uh, resentment, a resentire of re-experiencing of the same emotional racket over and over and over again. How many people tell me before they walk in that door of work, their anxieties are already up before they go to the grocery store, before they hit the hair salon, they're already expecting to have their rights being attacked, having already experienced it. This is traumatic a hundred percent. And when I'm going back to 4.2 on the, uh, on the uh, uh, code of conduct, it says right here, it is your responsibility and your responsibility at Canada post as the code of conduct states, folks, to treat others as you would like to be treated. Speak up if you feel you are being discriminated against, harassed, or bullied. You are. You're here on Take Action Canada broadcast. Congratulations for speaking up and doing exactly as your code of conduct says you should when you're being discriminated against, harassed, or bullied. And I've got all those stories from many, many People. You can't make this stuff up. We have two workers from Canada Post here with us this afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and they're telling you the facts, and we're going to keep away from the fiction. We'll expose the fiction, but we're not making anything up here. I do have the code of conduct from Canada Post uh, that was sent to me, and I just want to read a couple of more things for everybody here while these ladies who have been discriminated against, harassed, and bullied are speaking up, they're being told to report incidents of violence, bullying, and harassment. They did that to their superiors. There was no respectable response provided. In fact, reports about such bullying and harassment have been made, and they have gone unanswered to and ignored, right. is our, our understanding. In addition to that, if you're a team leader, take all incidences you observe and any reports of violence or unacceptable behavior seriously, and take appropriate action promptly. Exercise authority with care and respect. I don't think that's going on from what I've heard from so many people. And not just employees, but customers too. Who are also yeah. being bullied and harassed. Police being called on them. Reprisal all over the place. Threats, intimidation. All kinds of, of anarchistic kind of behavior. And I just want to mention as well that there are more people in this group that did not want to come forward for this interview because they're afraid to go public. I mean, that's what's so fascinating to me. And, and George, you know, and the work with you, that you do uh, in terms of being the legal liaison, I mean, human beings have rights. <laughs> and one of those rights is you can't force people to wear a mask. You can't force people to, you can't, uh, experiment medically with people uh, or coerce them into engaging in medical experimentation, which we're starting to see in the workplace 
with the required vaccinations or required vaccinations to travel. And those of us who are standing up against this and saying, hey, wait a minute, we live in a free society, right? I mean, we've all, I know I'm in California, you guys are in Canada, but I think we've all experienced this state of emergency being called without any public debate. We've lost our democracy and there's no democratic process here. And it's just fascinating and and maddening to see what's going on in the workplace because now these corporations not just the post office but many 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 places of uh, where people are working everyone is dealing with this where the workplace is now coercively enforcing these arbitrarily imposed lockdown restrictions uh and and then making people fear for their livelihoods um it's just not it's not what you expect to have to deal with it when you live in a free society. Um, and it's really, it's really sad to see that this is coming down and the amount of strength that it takes to stand up against it because the overwhelming majority of people are just going along. It's no big deal. I'll just wear a mask. They don't have anxiety issues. They don't have post-traumatic stress issues. Uh, maybe it's just easier for them. They can handle the lower oxygen levels so it doesn't bother them. Uh, and they're just going to make it happen so they can continue to get that paycheck. And for those of, of us like yourselves that can't comply, even if you wanted to, uh, and then the many of us who don't want to comply uh, but feel like we have to, um, it's just a, it's just an actually uh, a horrific situation. You would think that people would learn uh, from totalitarian societies in the past that this kind of behavior is over the top. So uh, I just want to thank the two of you again for coming on, for showing your faces and telling your story. And to George for the work and Take Action Canada for the work that they're doing to say, yeah, you know what? There's actually laws that say that you can't mandate this stuff and you can't treat people like this in the workplace. Uh, everyone's pretending like they're not on the books, but they're very clear and we've got a team of lawyers that can help you. So if you're listening to this and you're feeling uh, in the same situation, if you're a small business owner, uh, this is the other side of the coin that uh, having to deal with all these lockdown restrictions, uh, George and Take Action Canada can really help you out. Right. And we, you know, great point, Doug. These corporations must understand that they cannot prey nor exploit the transparent weakness or lack of awareness of the people with whom they're making and placing these absolutely inhumane and unrealistic demands on. These people are not qualified. I don't think anybody at Canada Post that I know of is a medical doctor that are imposing these uh, uh demands uh restrictions on you uh, uh that you have to wear a mask uh, you, you know you have to get a vaccine to come here or go home if you don't want to wear a mask that's that's happening isn't it yeah. yeah so so what is the general camaraderie like at canada post with all this going on we're at home we don't know we don't know because they won't <laughs> let us in the, on the right. property they're and keeping I, you away I mean, from me. I don't know my legal rights, really. Like, I'm just any other citizen. We don't know our legal rights and what we can do and can't do. So I'm thankful for this type of situation because I know you guys know that side where I don't. So, mm -hmm. so they're basically keeping everybody apart at Canada Post. Any, well, do the people that can't wear a mask are not allowed back in the building. They're on either short-term disability or EI 
So they're treated like a risk. Yeah. So maybe we need to ask them, you know, right. maybe the Canada Post officials, if you guys are actually watching this, you know, because it, it's clear that what's there, whatever's happening over there is not good and your leadership is clearly in question because if we're getting all of these complaints, all these people can't be wrong. They can't be lying to the Canadian public. And, and, and certainly you guys aren't standing up for them. So, and the unions aren't doing much uh, either, tragically and sadly. Well, that but, was going to be my but, next question too about the unions. We can talk about that. Well, I want to get to that, Doug. I just want to get through the fact that I'm wondering if these people can prove that the genetic sequence of SARS-CoV-2 uh, produces COVID-19 symptoms and death and that the PCR test is a reliable measure. I'm wondering if they can prove that to us. Or maybe they can prove to us that, you know, uh, prolonged use of masking will not cause uh, hypercapnia, hypercarbia, hypoxia, bacterial infection, or respiratory right. acidosis in the wear. Can you prove that to us? I, I mean, these people are taking a heap bowl of actions I was without any medical evidence. Who do, who do I think I am? And they don't have to answer those questions. That's what I was told. Mm -hmm. Well, they aren't above the law, I don't think. And uh, we'll get to that in just, in just a moment. Um, they're going to have to prove that this, these demands that they're making don't violate Section 2B, 2B, 7, 8, and 15 of the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Can you guys prove that at Canada Post, please? I mean, evidently, there's a serious problem here. People are actually being hurt by the way that they are treated, contrary to the Code of Conduct as written. So they're not following their own principles, their own values. In fact, they're violating their own values and causing a lot of grief for their workers who take care of hundreds of thousands of pieces of deliverables, mail, mm -hmm. products, etc. Are there any other subsidiary companies of Canada Post that are experiencing this as well? Any peripheral corporations that Canada Post is tied to or expected to, you know, other companies that have to deliver Canada Post products or vice versa? Where, where other people are also getting the same treatment, do you know? In our depot, there are couriers with a separate, it's a contracted company, and they're being forced to wear masks. Now, the first time the mask thing came out, and I refused, everybody was pretty well wearing them, but a lot of the courier guys kind of stopped and, you know, ended up taking them off because they saw I wasn't wearing it. And that's what they're afraid of, right? One person doesn't wear it, then everybody's yeah. not going to wear it. And they don't want to have that fight, so they're just trying to mandate it. But anyways, mm -hmm. yes, there is another contracted company that works within our depot that's being forced under the same rules. And they are also under the CUPW union. So they pay, they're under our same union and they pay union dues. So what are you guys expecting? Like, what do you think is a reasonable expectation, rather, of all the workers to their leadership. What, if you guys had your way, what would you tell your supervisors or your superiors that they should be doing? Stop allowing people to act like children and start respecting disabilities. It's pretty simple. Right. Like stop so they, bullying. Like we're not we're not in kindergarten anymore. When somebody's avoiding you, go up to them and and deal with it. Like I have never worked for an organization where somebody avoids me. If you're avoided in a in a private company and acting like 
a lot of these people act like that I've met, you would be fired. You wouldn't have yeah. a job. I, right. I can't believe how some of these adults act. I have never in my working career have ever seen such horrible people. And our depot might have 40 or 50 people in it. <laughs> like, and, I, and I'm right. not saying they all are. Like, I'm not very close to the letter carriers because I'm not part of letter carriers. Most of those people were very, very nice to me. But my coworkers that I work with, you know, there's a handful that I, I don't even, I don't, right. they, they could never work in a job outside of Canada Post. Let's just put it that way. Well, and then I do want to talk about the union just a little bit, because I know, uh, Karen, you were talking about it. You would think that part of the union's function would be to help with situations like this in terms of communication issues uh, and issues with disability claims, certainly. But you're saying that the union uh, also was not paying attention uh, or taking care of these I, needs or dealing uh, with this appropriately. I spoke with our head of the union and I was told that this is bigger than me and that I will be told to go home. Right. Then I That's dealt basically with, what I was told as well. Just, you know, they're not going to accommodate just you, little old Catherine working at the post office. They're going to, you know, they weren't willing to stand up and go to my final appeal. And... I guess, I don't know if it was because it was just me, one person, or they said everyone else is back to work and where are right. Well, I think that's just, uh, it's a big characteristic of what's going on here with COVID in particular is that it's just been such a huge deal. And, and the one... The one way to go, everyone's got to get behind the lockdowns. You know, the government came up with this, boom. It's this thing is super dangerous. You're not allowed to disagree with that, but it's so dangerous that we've got to have a state of emergency. So no more debate, state of emergency. Now we've got these uh, these governors, these heads of state that are dictating to us what has to happen. Okay, you've got to wear the mask. You've got to go into lockdown. You've got to social distance. You've got to do all this. You're not allowed to disagree. You can't have a conversation about it. And so for those of us who who are saying, wait a minute, you know, we value the democratic process. We want to hear open and public debate about all these issues. Uh, you know, how should we lock down? How dangerous is COVID? Can we hear from experts that have alternative opinions than, than just the few that are working at the top of this hierarchy and telling us all what to do, right? And when we do stand up and have these questions, it's just been like this huge tsunami of force in, in so many people's in the workplace, in the in your communities. I mean, it's just happening to everyone. Uh, it feels like we are such a minority who are trying to question some of these uh, these lockdown policies, and then you just get rolled over. And th I've heard this from so many different sectors of, of my community. This oh, this is bigger than you. You know, this is so much bigger than you. I'm sorry, we can't accommodate for for your particular situation. It's just classic minority discrimination. Censored. All that information seems to be censored. They're not giving that point of view. And right. I just want to go back to the union for a second and just say that they did say my anxiety is real. They believed me, but they still would not take it to the next level to support me in that. They said, we want to back you, but we don't see how this can change because the Canada Corporation isn't going to accommodate you. So basically it's a no-win and so they well that's that's fascinating because <clears throat> here i am and you you say that and appropriately i have 4.3 up to bat for you next of the code of conduct 
at uh, Canada Post. We support an inclusive workplace, they say, is the header. Canada Post is committed to building a workforce that is representative of Canadian society. We strive to have a workforce that represents the four designated groups under the Employment Equity Act, women, members of visible minorities, Aboriginal peoples, and peoples with disabilities. While maintaining fair, equitable, and accessible employment policies over all Canada Post rights. Canada Post is required to formally report on the representation of its workforce and therefore encourages employees to self-identify. Please listen. Right. It is your responsibility, A, to speak up to your team leader or human rights representative if you believe an employment decision violated the equality in employment policy. Do you guys think that Canada Post has violated the equality in their employment policy? I'll let you answer. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. All in favor? No discussion? Okay. <laughs> B, inform Canada Post if you are a member of the four designated groups recognized under the Employment Equity Act. Now, it blows my mind that I read 4.2 and 4.3, and I haven't even scratched the surface of this document. And two major areas are being just obliterated by their own people. The very people who, in fact, should be upholding this mm -hmm. code of conduct are in breach of it. I can't imagine what the soul of this organization on the interior looks like if this is going on as much as we're hearing about. I can't imagine what it must be like to work under these kinds of conditions when their own policies that they know are in writing for the betterment, the safety, the protection, the well-being of the people who are actually doing the work. Mm -hmm. And this is allowed to go on. What's morality like over there? We're not there. <laughs> However, like I know... Well, what do you think it's like? I mean, you guys, I mean, I know you're not there now, but you've been there, what, 23 years? Certainly we got experiences that oh my we can gosh. shed light on about the way they've treated people when you were there. Can we talk about those, maybe? <laughs> well, everybody's always critical about everything and everybody there. So, I don't know. It's, it's not a healthy environment most times, I would say that. But I must say, like, even some of my supervisors, some of my co-workers when I was there, they agreed that masks weren't healthy, weren't safe for you, you shouldn't be wearing them. They'd come over where they'd be wearing them, and they'd come over, and I'd say, I can't even look at you. And so they would take them down to come approach me because they knew I had an anxiety about it. Right. And then they'd say, you're right, I can't breathe with this thing on. This is really difficult, and, like, they're breaking out, they have different things going on they're coughing they're doing other stuff and just and that was before it, that was in november so it wasn't even hot out. i can't imagine being there now like it would just i don't know well yeah. i got a, I got an important question i'd like to ask did you guys sign anything in any contract that you know that says uh um you know we're we're willing to wear a mask or or get the jab or anything like that 
Is there anything in the employment contract that says um, uh, we're willing to adhere to the company's changing policies from time to time regarding safety or health care? No, but one of the other girls that's normally in our group, she did say they changed the PPE and now they include the mask and a fluorescent vest or something as part of the equipment that everyone needs to wear. They just kind of slid it in there? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm asking, how did, it, how did it get in there? I mean, that's what's so... No idea. I was just going to say, yeah, I do think they probably did slip it in there, Catherine, because it's very interesting. Um, the two last union reps that I spoke to, um, they kept saying it's the same as wearing your vest. And I said, I've hmm. never put my vest over my face. So it's not the same. So our vest and our steel toe shoes are our personal protective equipment. And they they are trying to say that the mask is too. So I totally agree, Catherine. I can almost guarantee you they will slip it in there as PPE. So anybody new now is probably signing for it. But at the time I was hired, no. Wow. Yeah, it's just what's so fascinating, even as you were describing, Catherine, I mean, a lot of people, if you speak to them, if you're just speaking to them around the water cooler, you know, they're probably mm -hmm. like, I feel like this is a bunch of BS. Mm -hmm. But then it, it, there's so much social pressure to make it happen. And it's so much easier, again, to just go along to get along and uh, to stand up and fight against it is just amazing, even though. We could easily be looking at half of the people in our society, in our communities, in our workplaces that would be just as soon fine without it, or at least certainly fine with allowing people to make the choice for themselves. Like, you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. Yeah. But you don't want to wear a mask doesn't bother me, you know? But we're not being asked. Nobody's asking us. This, thing, this whole thing has just been imposed from above, and now there's just this tremendous amount of pressure. Uh, put on all these organizations and institutions to just ram this through without allowing those of us who are a part of the working class, who are actually doing the job, uh, for our input and how we should be dealing with this. Well, the coercion is rampant. I mean, I have documents from corporations like Recipe where they say on the one page to their staff, you know, it's totally your choice. It's you can choose to do this or not. We encourage you, we highly encourage you to do it, but it's your choice. And then on the FAQ page, one of the questions is, what happens if I don't participate in the V program or the mask program? Right. Okay, what, what happens? It says right in the answer that you could be facing disciplinary action up to termination, huh. but it's your choice. Yeah. <laughs> This is coercion parading around his choice. Yeah, yeah. That's what that is. So if you guys are seeing this in your letters, and I'm getting a lot of calls on this right now, uh -huh. the, the long-term care facilities just announced that July 1st vaccines were going to be mandatory. Wow. wow. I wonder how fast that's going to fly because right. I don't think it's got many wings. Well, and that, that's just it, George. And, and for the last uh, a couple of minutes, we've got about eight, nine minutes left here. Will you describe for people, I mean, I, I imagine there are going to be a lot of people that are watching this that are like, yeah, I'm having that ex same exact experience in my workplace. I can't believe I've been having to deal with this BS for the last 12 months. Uh, if, I, if I open my mouth, you know, I'm afraid I'm going to lose my job. 
So yep. George, what's the recourse if they're if they're looking into Take Action Canada? If they're thinking, hey, you know, I want to be able to stand up for my rights. What happens uh, when they do give you a call? How do you take care of people that need that need this kind of legal help? Well, it's 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 a fairly simple process. Uh, there's an intake done, so we understand the story. Many people are facing the same sort of of harassment by their superiors in the workplace. So naturally, if you have experienced this at the hands of a superior or an overzealous HR person, and I've got a lot of them, you send an email to rights at takeactioncanada.ca and we will call you and find out what your story is. If you have letters or anything to substantiate that they're treating you this way, don't hesitate to include, include those in, 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 in your conversation. But we will take action, and you should too. And don't do this by yourself. You need a lawyer to explain some of what's going on. There's a lot of confusion for people. They haven't done this before. Mm -hmm. I don't recommend that you start playing lawyer on yourself, especially under these terms and conditions, because they're willfully denying your human rights. You need a competent person to step up and do that. We'll show you exactly which way to go, depending on your, uh, your situation. And one thing I do want to mention is to, and I'm glad I mentioned, uh, I remember this, is the women who are about to have babies, okay? No, you do not have to wear a mask. No, you do not have to take the PCR test. And if you are denied any medical attention uh, under any discriminatory practices, please send that email and we will absolutely have a lawyer take care of you, especially those of you who are going to be birthing children uh, uh, quickly because the, I'm sorry, sooner rather than later, because the hospital told you that they're going to induce you next week. So you don't have a lot of time. We will take you under urgent basis and we will move you to the lawyer uh, so that you can begin to seek a remedy to protect yourself and your baby from being forced to undergo medical procedures that you do not wish to consent to. That's good. Very cool, George. And and how many of these uh, have uh, have these guys been litigating right now? Are they in court? Are they doing these cases? And and are they asking for compensation in return? What's uh, what's the end game? Naturally, and I won't I won't get into the the deeper minutia of this, but yes, uh, the HRTO is receiving many complaints. Uh, Superior Court is also receiving many complaints. In fact, we have a lot of cases where they're coupled uh, employment issues, um, violations in the workplace, and human rights code. So there's mm -hmm. a, a lot of a lot of intertwined stuff going on with the human rights code and the employment uh, ESA, etc. So if you're feeling confused about that, folks, don't hesitate to reach out and ask us some questions. Um, I recommend that you follow the page Blacklisted, Whitelisted Businesses Canada. There's a highly knowledgeable page on Facebook, which has done a lot of justice to get people some insight and knowledge and to also read about some of the cases that are, uh, are floating around out there right now. But we can certainly tell you that we will stand up and fight for your rights the lawyers know exactly how to handle human rights complaints. Please don't listen to doctors or other people giving you legal advice. They're not trained, especially in this era. It's very difficult. 
Um, we, we, you don't want to buy apples and oranges from somebody who specializes in selling shoes. So let's understand, we got to let the people who know their jobs do them. I have a lot of people who are scared to take action because they're getting the wrong advice. Reach out and speak to lawyers that are competent in the field who are doing it every day. That would be a wise move on your part. Well, sounds good. Just a, a couple of minutes left. Maybe uh, if uh, Karen and Catherine, you want to kind of share your experience as you've been going through the process uh, and uh, any kind of final comments that you might have. Karen, you want to go first? Sure. Um, not much to say because, like I said, I've been <laughs> at home. But right. Um, George has been a great support. Um, we've always been able to connect and bounce any questions off of him. Um, I also want to say thank you, Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I'm just glad I was able to figure it out how to get on. But anyway, <laughs> my skills are very lacking. And um, yeah, I just thank you guys for doing what you can. Like I said, I wish I was more educated in my own rights, and if I could, um, you know, just and I wish more other people would know their rights as well, and not just succumb or just right. um, be so willing to just accommodate everybody. It's all control, and I just feel that there's a another agenda here without going down the rabbit hole too deep. But I just think that it's submission and it's a control thing and the the mask is a symbol of control and i know the union said well by the sounds of my talking i wouldn't wear a mask even if i didn't have anxiety and i said you know whether i should say this out loud probably i shouldn't but i wouldn't wear a mask even if i couldn't but because of the symbolism but um for me it's the anxiety like i i can't even go shopping and do something i would like to do you're not alone yeah, you know, you're not alone. And Danny sure. Rancourt, uh, uh, you know, a great scientific researcher in our country uh, at the Ontario Civil Liberties Association, has done significant reporting on mask efficacy, and he has proven over and over again. First of all, there's no there's no RCTs on masking, anyways. Random controlled trials are the determining factor in what gets approved in the medical community. Right. We don't see any of that. And the well, things that were done, they show that, like, even when the mask package says it's not for medical use, it doesn't protect against a virus. It's for dust, right. smoke, allergens, bigger particles. The the virus goes right through the pores of the mask. And so just the the act of putting the mask on, rebreathing the carbon dioxide, the toxins, all that stuff in it, it brings your immune system down. And here we're trying to strengthen our immune systems, but nobody talks about that because this virus is against... Well, even, even Fauci said it, the guy that made this yeah. contagious so said it himself. Like you're suppressing our systems so that when we do come right. in contact with it, we're more apt to get it. Like, it's not that the mask doesn't protect us. If you watch a virologist, they don't wear a mask when they're working in the lab. They have a hazmat suit with you know, everything on because that's what you need to protect against the virus. Anyway, this little piece of fabric is just beyond yeah. me. The people are so, so they, they think it's a security blanket. And I just, I, I'm, I feel bad for these people. Yeah. At the end of the day, this is so much about healthcare freedom. And that's what I think that we're really dealing with actually is that, for those of us who believe in healthcare freedom, believe that we can look at the facts for ourselves and make our own personal choices about our health. Mm 
That's whether or not we think wearing a mask is better or boosting our immune system in other ways is better is a personal choice. And, and people like us are getting, uh, we are getting uh, discriminated against because of our personal health care beliefs that are really nobody else's business. And, and so uh, I want to thank you ladies for coming on the show and having the bravery to stand up against this in your workplace. I think you'll be an inspiration for others that are listening to this, that are in your same situation. So many people are. And George, uh, thank you and thank Take Action Canada for providing this legal avenue uh, for people to be able to go down when they are confronted with this kind of discrimination based on your personal beliefs. You're not hurting anybody else. Uh, the, certainly from our point of view, the science is actually clear that uh, a lot of these lockdown uh, mandates are not really helping anyway. Uh, so having to deal with all of this on a personal level, on an emotional level is super challenging. And, uh, George and Take Action Canada are there for us, uh, for the legal action that we really need to be taking advantage of to stand up for our rights. So George, you want to give that information out once again? Absolutely. And, and you, you deserve no less. Thanks, Doug. Uh, we've been co-hosting a few shows now. Yep. Yeah, we have. We're we got busy. to include you in there. <laughs> Thanks, been, man. You've been helping us along. <laughs> You're welcome. Everybody, get us to takeactioncanada.ca. Take www.takeactioncanada.ca. If you want to send me an email regarding any of your stories or us as a team, please do so at rights at takeactioncanada.ca. Get us on Twitter at TAC underscore action media. And also, as I said earlier in this broadcast, Join the Blacklisted, Whitelisted Business Canada's Facebook page. There's a ton of information on there about current cases that are circulating the province and around the country. And you will find that many supportive people who are quite educated are in that group sharing openly their own experiences. And I can't thank everybody enough in that group for being so kind and loving toward us. And, and myself, I've received all of your messages. I, I want to thank you from my heart. I really appreciate your courage. You ladies for stepping up and yeah. exercising 4.2 of the code of conduct. <laughs> Taking one for the company. I love it. Showing us that you're going to speak up if you feel you're being discriminated against, harassed, or bullied. We've all known this throughout our lives to be a very difficult thing to do. It's not that it doesn't exist. It's that people are not speaking up about it as much. But it's becoming more fashionable now. It's no longer controversial. Canada Post, you got to stop this stuff. You companies out there violating your staff and contradicting your own policies and values and violating them, uh, 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 which is very hurtful to everybody in the company. You're, you're going to cause yourself more pain than this kind of conduct you thought was designed to prevent. And you're going to bring about the very results that you thought your defenses were designed to prevent. It's time to start doing the research and learning exactly what it means to be treated fairly and to take seriously the issues and concerns of your staff who have these disabilities. They are valid and they will be upheld in a court of law at your expense. So I want to thank everybody out there in Take Action Canada land. I want to thank our huge team of 70 people who are out there doing all of these initiatives to defend our children, our workers, our schools, and the people who do feel helpless and powerless to affect change. Know that there is help out there. Know that there is Take Action Canada and know that you can become a part of it. For Take Action Canada, my name is George Roach. On behalf of my co-host Doug McKenty and all of you ladies 
we wish everybody a great afternoon. Thanks for watching. <laughs> yep. Thanks, George. And I'm just going to take a second to let people know that I have been your co-host. My name is Doug McKinty, and you can find this show and uh, a number of other shows, including my long-form podcast, The Shift with Doug McKinty, at www.theshiftnow.com. So uh, loving working with Take Action. Really appreciate the work that you're doing. And thank you, Catherine and Karen, for coming on the program today and uh, sharing your experiences. So we'll keep on keeping on. Yep. All right. <laughs> you all have a great day. All right. Yes. Yeah. Take care. Bye-bye.